2: everybody, welcome to Take the Black Live, the show of myself, Dan Selke, from Wingscoming.net, culture.com go cool for latest news and Game of Thrones, Song of Ice Fire, Fantasy Fiction. Cheryl, how are you today? I... No I, breath.
3: I, yeah, um, breathing is overrated, apparently. I'm fine, Dan, how are you?
2: I'm <laughs> pretty good. All <laughs> right, so everything is happening in the Game of Thrones Nation. A new episode has uh, aired. Everybody is super interested in it. Interested. We just did a very, I think, very thorough and nuanced Um, examination of it. Yeah. For Wit Club. Sorry,
3: guys. We had nuance.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I I know. The the internet hates it. Um, If you want to see our immediate reactions, go to Take the Black React, which is right after um, the episode airs. Josh and I reacted to it. And um, yeah, that was was a good time. But here, we already are here to preview the next episode. I know. Episode 805, untitled the penultimate episode of Game of Thrones ever.
3: It is Wednesday, my dudes. And we are here to preview that. It's okay. For those who understand the meme, it is Wednesday, my dudes. (laughs) Clearly, I do not. Clearly, you do not. It's okay.
2: Before we start there, hey, everybody. Hey, Linda, Leslie, Renee, Kate, David Harris Jr., Lisa, Kenny, Joseph, and of course, Julie Davies. Everybody is here. Okay, let's start. So, we have two episodes to go. There's a new one coming Sunday, probably episode second to last ever. Ever. It is a little hard to believe. Um,. Let's watch the trailer and see what we can see from this very anticipated hour. Okay, silence. It reminds me of the preview for the season seven finale, which also was, I think, completely silent because yes. they want to impress upon us importance. Yeah. Gravitas, gravity. Um, I'm getting a lot of dark colors. Okay, so here's, here's I guess, the big question we can just ask right off the bat. Is the is going to burn everybody or what?
3: I mean, probably. Probably, yeah. Probably. I mean, I don't know how much we can say before, like, hbo special ops come in here uh but probably is the answer um and i think that's part of the reason why euron is doing like this
2: oh yeah she's 100 percent gonna ride a dragon out of the sun to blind people
3: she's finally gonna learn tactics after <laughs> losing two dragons and not putting armor on them i'm gonna die mad about that guys I, where is
2: she gonna find like an armor smith for dragons <laughs>
3: Seriously, Daenerys yeah, can have all the fur co- Daenerys can have all the fur coats in the world, from out of nowhere. But armor for dragons is too much.
2: Yeah, armor for dragons is hard. It's easy to like kill. I don't know, um, a couple of ermines and make yourself a nice coat, even though you shouldn't. Um, but to make dragon armor, where's you gonna get that? Who's gonna make that? Who knows how to make that? Ain't nobody know how to make that. But maybe it'll happen. We'll see.
3: I'm rolling my eyes so hard for those who are listening to our podcast. But,
2: which is available on iTunes and Google Play. Yes. By the way, Julie, um, loved episode four after watching it. But after reflection, I'm not sure it was quite as good as I thought it was. I'd love to hear more, Julie. What uh, did you realize on rewatch? Because we talked about it a lot. But it, it, it was, it's, it's, it's a very worth talking about. I did like it. I was gripped the whole way through. Both times I watched it. Um, I think the conclusion we kind of came to in our Wit Club talk was that everything, most things do make narrative sense in the big picture, but that they're happening a bit too fast.
3: And, yeah.
2: And Namely, Daenerys's transition into Mad Queendom.
3: Yes. Uh, it, and the and the argument that I believe I was making was they're kind of skipping steps mm-hmm. and the writing isn't serving the purpose. Um, so I was a lot more mixed on, uh, on first watch, even. And then upon further reflection, I'm just thinking more and more into... I liked the ideas that happened, but I didn't like how they were done. So
2: I enjoyed a, I mean, I still enjoy it. Also, also, Julie says, I like this too, that she's angry, but not crazy, which I think is a point. Right. Like, I'm not sure that they've like kind of gotten the point of view as maybe she's right to storm King's Landing. I mean, Cersei is a terrible, horrible ruler. Anybody would be better. Like a pet rock would be better. Kybin would be better. This mask would be better, this pen would be better. Like maybe she should go in and storm it. I, I think they give more sympathy to that point of view, even though I mean there are problems with that too. Obviously they, but they highlighted the problems, and not some of the pluses at all. Um, let's say look at some images from the next episode, shall we?
3: Speaking of mental, speaking of mental health issue, like issues with uh, sanity and whatnot. Um, so we
2: got. Uh, Davos, Tan, and Tyrion after they get King's Landing. The golden company there arrayed. Mm-hmm. You know, I got a question. Why do they just don't use those uh, giant scorpion things and blast through everybody?
3: Um, it's hard. It's hard. <laughs> That's all I got for you. It's hard?
2: No, <laughs> well, it works. Nice shot. Obviously, um, it's going to be a problem for Jon yeah. if Daenerys does indeed want to go ham on King's Landing and kill everybody in there. How is he going to react? Yeah, oh, I miss Daenerys from a, oh. her 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 pure-hearted days. You can find a solution, Danny. You can. I'm sorry, I'm getting weird. Um, getting we also got weird. this one of a uh, Danny and Tyrion together in Dragonstone. So they're shooting her now. I mean, here's a question: Do you feel bad for Daenerys? Do you feel for her?
3: Um. Yes, I feel bad for her because she has gone through a lot, and also like. Uh, the writing is kind of playing havoc with her character. Again, the whole skipping steps argument. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're also using really easy narrative shorthand to show that she's in a bad mental state because just look at her hair. Daenerys is a character who has had her hair...
2: missandei is gone. She can't comb it.
3: Well, yes, but... (laughs) this is the worst Daenerys' hair has looked since she was captured by the Dothraki and taken to Bias Dothrak. Right. And in that same situation, she was alone. She was without help. Mm-hmm. Like, And so, then she
2: burned down a temple.
3: And then she burned down a <laughs> temple. So I think we all know where we're going with this one. Like, you can still see the braids, like the trappings,
2: mm-hmm.
3: but the, most of her hair is unkempt. For Daenerys.
2: For Daenerys, yes. It's always very, very coiffed. Um, also, it's, it's kind of in darkness. They're not like showing her full face in that picture, no. which is just, you know, covered in darkness, your face is a, a an age-old technique to show unwell. Yes. You ain't gonna go so hot.
3: Um, one thing I'm not sure about is what dress she's wearing because of the way that it's shot, because I think it might be the same dress she wears at Winterfell, which... And I wrote about this on Cultures.com,
0: uh,
3: um, Is this idea that Daenerys and Cersei are starting to share like a color palette? Ooh, ooh, I like that. And shape, they're not so different. Um, but you know, I kind of go into more detail. But I, that's one of the things I noticed when I was analyzing these pictures is I don't know what dress she's wearing, and I'm interested to see which one it is. Yeah, me too. Yeah.
2: Um, we also got some good comments here on little dragons. Uh, I think Pod's going to kill Bronn, says Jen Casey. Interesting theory. I will say, if they kept him alive at the Battle of Wonderfell, he must do something, I'm guessing. We'll see.
3: Re- and of course, somebody said they hope they
2: burn King's Landing down. Yes. We'll see if that happens. What's that?
3: Pod reopens all of Littlefinger's businesses in King's Landing.
2: <laughs> He's got to have a career after it's over. Mm-hmm. Um, we got one of Tyrion looking, I think, rather shocked.
3: Concerned.
2: I'm guessing Daenerys has said something like, let's burn them all.
3: And, and, Dar- and he's like, wait a second, I've heard that before.
2: <laughs> Deja vu, where have I heard that? You know, Tyrion's own father sat King's Landing. Yes. Back in the day. So does that make Tyrion a hypocrite? I don't think so, because I don't think he liked working for Joffrey when he did. And this whole thing was, I want to find a leader who won't do that kind of thing. Right. Uh, I'm getting so nervous.
3: That is definitely the face of a man who regrets a couple life choices, though. <laughs> like,
2: Debbie would go so mad queen on Cersei. Oh, yes. and Julie asked, will she ever find out what the Night King pattern meant? Oh, that spiral thing. Um, if it helps Julie or anybody else looking, I believe they said behind in a little interview, I don't think it's as big as people thought it was, that uh, it was the spirals of the children of the forest and then White Walkers kind of took them and uh, profaned them by using them in their little corpse collages. I don't think it goes worse than that. This is totally off topic, but I, I always, people put too much, um, I don't know, like a expectation on the White Walkers to be this kind of, some kind of, I never thought they were more than just a representation of implacable death. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm I just not what people like wanted out of it. Like, I guess they wanted, like, this really deep mythology out of it. But I always thought that was more for the people. But that's past. See, he's, he's turned around now. <laughs> okay. Anyway, back to uh, this next one, which is going to just... The internet's going to explode. It's going to be so frustrating. Um, but it's going to happen. Okay, we got Tyrion and... No, sorry. Jon and Varys walking on the beach. Oh, no. Varys is trying to talk him into running for the throne, isn't he? It's like, I have an idea.
3: I can be your campaign manager. <laughs>
2: That guy okay, bounces all over the place. Why don't you run against your uh, your aunt? We can take her out, put you on. That'll be great. Oh, and I wonder if uh, per- perhaps like he'll tell Danny, you know, your your bald helper is uh, telling me to run against you, and then she does something bad to him.
3: Maybe that's why Tyrion's so concerned.
2: Maybe when to burn Varus, they did have that, which now seems like you know blatant foreshadowing conversation which, when they first got to Westeros. Where uh, Varys was, where she's like, "If you are betray me, I'll burn you alive," and he was like, "Fair enough." I feel like that might be where we're going. And then Melisandre did tell him he'll die in this strange
3: country. Pins are all there, people. And on—I um, mean, not that it matters much—but where did Melisandre tell him he's going to die in a strange country?
2: Well, they were literally on Dragonstone. Yes. Which it could have been anywhere, but probably I, yeah. 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 Whew,
3: it's going to be very stressful.
2: Okay, any other thoughts on the next episode, or do we just want to move on because it stressed me too much to think about?
3: You're getting you're getting stressed. Let's let's de-stress with some amusement. Okay, and talk about some prequels. Let's talk about
2: the future. Yes, because um, Game of Thrones isn't the end. It's going to be over in two weeks. God, it's weird to say out loud, but there's going to be more coming. Um, and George R. R R Martin, bless his heart, <laughs> cannot. And I actually love this. Cannot stop talking about the prequels, even though I assume HBO wishes he would just like. How do we tell this very powerful, very sought after, very respected author to shut up? <laughs> Basically, he wrote on his blog talking about. Do you think that? I think it's adorable.
3: <laughs> like I'm, I'm doing, I'm full on doing like the mutley chuckle from the old Wacky Races cartoons, you know.
2: <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're talking about. Okay. Okay, basically, um, George R. Martin is right now his blog and says that they had five different Game of Thrones successor shows in development. He doesn't like the term "spinoff," v- v- very delicate of him.
3: Roll eyes. Um, Continue,
2: <laughs> and that three of them are still moving along, and that's the bit. he I don't think they want you to say. And then he went on saying, that, you know, the, the 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 one we know about is the Long Night, or the one that is not called the Long Night that set thousands of years before during the first White Walker invasion. Um, that's shooting later this year. We know that, but that two others remain in the script stage. What are they about? I cannot say. But maybe some of you should pick up a copy of *Fire and Blood* to come up with your own theories. Now, *Fire and Blood* is his book about the Targaryen dynasty, basically from Westeros when they get there.
3: And I mean, that—that's pretty bad. That's pretty blatant. What could this be about, He's Dad? basically
2: saying it's going to be about either either Aegon's conquest. Or the Dance of the Dragons, which are the two juiciest Targaryen Westeros bits.
3: And or even Valyria, maybe. And that's saying something because, like, the Targaryens were a bit great, were a bit bonkers. Yeah, but they still are. And they still kind of are. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, what? I don't even know. Like, what? What? Oh. Why does he keep opening his mouth?
2: Because he, he loves it. Because he wants to tease so it. it's fun.
3: I mean, yeah. If, if people well, if people are speculating about what the successor shows are going to be about, then they won't be badgering him for the winds of winter anymore.
2: That's true. You know, <laughs> it, it, it's kind of funny. People have just almost like given up on that. Like, I don't actually see that a lot anymore. But like, when's it going to come, George? People are just like, they're just tired of this point. I know. If it comes out, it comes out. I'm not going to waste energy on it.
3: That's where I am. It's a nice place to be. Oh me too. I have better things to care about. But
2: we can look forward to these. I'm. I call them prequels. I think that's splits the difference. Yeah. It's not as up your own butt as successor shows, but <laughs> it's you know it's still quick.
3: Not as high in his own supply.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, by the way, there's a comment here. If a dragon fell into the water, surely it would slash water all over the ship and rock the hell out of it too. Yeah, probably.
3: Yeah. <laughs> but what are physics really?
2: Okay. I know we don't want to talk. About, well, we, we should. Debbie asks, why do people think Daenerys is crazy? I'm just not seeing it. So, okay, let's talk about that really quickly. Okay. So, they're all calling her, you know, Varys explicitly called out her, I'm worried about her mental state. Something like your state, state of mind. Right. Um,
3: what a great Conleth Hill impression.
2: Thank you. worried about your state of mind. The question is, is Daenerys' fury justified?
3: Like, is she crazy or is she just really ticked off? Well, I don't know because I'm not a therapist or a no. psychologist. I mean, but what I can do mm-hmm. loosely is say, and I'm not an expert, just prefacing this now grief does a lot to a person. And we go into this more on Vic Club, but we, I also kind of talked to you a little bit about this kind of sense of entitlement mm-hmm. that we've always seen with Daenerys. Sure. And when an entitled person doesn't get what they think they deserve,
2: mm-hmm.
3: it screws with them a little. I'm not saying it drives them crazy, but it screws with them, mentally speaking. So you add that with the grief and you have someone who is not in a great place <laughs> mentally speaking. I'm not saying she's going crazy because I can't diagnose that. Um, but I'm... I mean, she's
2: fictional. She's fictional. Like, no one's going to sue
3: you. Uh, <laughs> hush you. <laughs> um, but I'm saying, like, if she's not mad, she's definitely not in a great place mental health space and you could make a whole long dissertation i guess probably about why women that show these kinds of emotions are usually thought of as crazy but it seems like they're kind of leaning into that like
2: yeah maybe that's the uncomfortable thing
3: that's the uncomfortable thing
2: like it's okay to feel the way daenerys does i think right here, there's nothing crazy about it it's just she's lost a lot of people Mm -hmm. it's very difficult. She's in a strange, at the end of the day, Westeros is, I mean, I know she says it's it's my home. I got to go back to my home. She's never been here. Like it is a strange foreign place and she is not accepted. Right. Like it's wearing on her. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so I I don't like the implication that it's literally crazy. And then you add in that her father literally was crazy. Yeah. So it's, it's a rich tapestry.
3: Yeah. I've seen some really good analysis about how Game of Thrones, I want to say this is from Tama Lorenzo about how Game of Thrones seems to be settling into this whole (laughs) women are crazy, um, mode. And like, especially after this episode, like, yeah, (laughs) yeah. So Debbie, I hope that answers your question a little bit. (laughs) Um, I'm sorry. I can't give you a straight answer. Um, but it's, it's nuanced. Um, but yeah, so that's basically what's going on. I think Hopefully.
2: Debbie, again, with another quick question. Yes. What about Tywin? Was he crazy when he sacked the city or any other soldier or leader for that matter? Um, no. So does it get sacked all the time. There is definitely a, a sexist double standard here happening. It's hard to say if it's the characters or the writers or what. Bit of both. Bit of both. But no, Tywin was not crazy. He just was playing by the rules of war. I do think that, okay, in that situation, Varys, this is, this is just the history of the show, uh, Varys did not want to let him in. He told King Aerys, "Don't let him in. He'll see it." So There's didn't want the city to be sacked, and Tyrion does not want to work with someone who does that. Uh, did I say this here in my club? I said it earlier today, earlier in this show. That Tyrion hated working for Draffer. He wants to find somebody who won't do that kind of thing. Like, and there are and there are lines in earlier seasons where he's like, "I want to serve a ruler I believe in." He wants to believe in Danny, and he wants to believe that she'll be better than Tywin. And the other headlines about our our terrible fathers. But, yeah, going back to the sexism stuff, um, yeah, it's unfortunate that, yeah, I think you're right, that, like, Daenerys is feeling things that I think are justifiable and re- or just understandable, mm-hmm. and it's the way they're invoking crazy mm-hmm. is troubling. Yes. I, I mean, I, to be fair, I will add that they have also, in the text of the show, talked about Targaryen, literally's craziness, like the history of mental health. Right. So it's not like, do you think it's women or Daenerys on the show? Because I feel like some of them are doing pretty well. Like Sansa has been pretty capable all season and Mario's been hitting it out of the park.
3: I, I want to say it was women okay. because, I mean, even Cersei has kind of fallen into this a little bit.
2: That's been that way for a while with us Yes,
3: yes. But it's thrown into a lot of relief this season. But anyway, okay. so yes. Hopefully we have answered that question well. A oh, rich um,
2: tapestry. Send me other stuff. That's great. <laughs> oh, according to Marlene, fictional characters have diagnosable roles according to psychologists.
3: Yes, okay. but I'm not a psychologist.
2: Yes, neither am I. But you know what? I play one on the internet. <laughs> Lisa says that Danny has nothing to lose anymore. Might as well get revenge. And you know, she can't talk to John anymore. Yeah, it's tricky. It's complicated. It's, it's, it's dense stuff that they're dealing with here.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah we'll see what happens people it's, yeah it's, it's gonna be wild yeah anyway let's de-stress and go beyond the wall for a minute <laughs> it's not involved with game of thrones for a sec i feel like all kinds of stuff here what
3: we thought we were gonna de-stress with the prequel show and we went right back into stress. this stress episode has
2: time. a hold on people like it's it's good to talk about okay
3: all right beyond the wall
2: um disney they run hollywood they run the world they run the media they've released their list of movies through 2027 i think and at I least partial I, lists yeah i mean they have lots of untitled this untitled that right but i just wanted to uh yeah go over a couple of highlights and see what you thought a really quick the new mutants with nancy williams that x-men thing finally has a release date april of next year i think good for that see if that gets moved again <laughs> the main bit is though okay so between 2020 and 2022 we're gonna get there are eight untitled marvel movies on the way
3: it's about so. right
2: <laughs> so they are not slowing down this train. That's about that's about keeping pace with what it was for the past couple of years. Yes, right?
3: there's two. There are two in 2020, and then there are three each in 2021, 2022, which is
0: Ooh.
2: and a few this year.
3: Yeah, and a few this year.
2: Yeah, between Endgame, Far From Home, and I thought i said another one? No. Okay.
3: Not that I uh, Captain Marvel. Oh, that's right. There was a <laughs> <five. laughs> we're just in permanent game of thrones mode we don't remember anything before about <laughs> april 14 that was two months ago yeah <laughs> that's like break. forever anyway so yes there are eight untitled marvel movies um and speaking of one of those marvel movies is probably the eternals and richard, oh, madden. Yeah, richard madden got a gig richard madden got a gig and i just want richard madden to be inexplicably scottish still <laughs> for no reason he's just scottish it's fine anyway
2: Marvel movies? I'll bet some Game of Thrones folk get on uh, some of the new Marvel stuff. If they're going to bring in new characters, now's the exact right time. They're free, they're available, they're red hot. Uh, time to hire them for Marvel projects to just make their careers. Because in today's Hollywood, if you're not playing a superhero, you're not working.
3: Are you really doing anything at all?
2: <laughs> anything worth talking about? <laughs> also, uh, coming now that Disney has bought Fox, who's in the mood for four sequels to avatar four different sequels coming in 2021 23 25 27 they're gonna try to make this happen cheryl are you on board
3: they've been trying At- to make this happen for years i mean half of it, there's only one,
2: one movie a- a- avatar by the way the movie about big giant blue aliens cat people cat people that are kind of like a dance with wolves but not really take off <laughs> Where they come and he gets in the, Sigourney Weaver dies near a big old tree. I mean, it's the most profitable movie in history. That is true. But it has like a weirdly, like not a firm grip on the public consciousness, really. Yeah. Like you you, you don't like think of it, immediately. When you think of giant media properties. You go to Marvel, you go to Star Wars, you go to Game of Thrones, maybe, or Harry Potter, stuff like that. Like no one's first choice is, oh yeah, the blue folk from Avatar. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. But they're gonna try to make it happen.
3: They've What's your been, take on it? They've been trying to make it happen for forever. I believe the excuse James Cameron has given it is the technology just isn't ready yet. How hard can
2: it be to make a blue person dance around a moon or something?
3: Okay, like I don't even know <laughs> what James Cameron's deal is, guys. Uh, yeah, like it. Pff- they're trying to make it happen. Really hard. And the reason they're trying to make it happen is the other big thing that they announced, which is when the next Star Wars movies are coming out. Okay. I'm going to apologize to our non-Star Wars fans in the audience. So after episode 9, which comes out end of this year, yeah. which I'm so excited for, uh, um, there are no new Star Wars movies until 2022. They are coming in 2022. 2024 and 2026, and if you will notice, they are on the opposite years that Avatar. That is, oh, that goodness. is because they are all in the December release date.
2: I didn't know that. I, I didn't realize that. That's, that's mm-hmm. clever.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, which I am happy about. Star Wars needs a break.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's like a three-year break yeah. or two-year break. That's three nice. Three years. Three years. years. That, 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 that'll be a nice. Feet cleansing
3: maybe they'll realize that benny and neither Benioff and weiss nor ryan johnson should be making star wars movies
2: oh how hard can we make star wars movies
3: <laughs> we have just had a long discussion mm-hmm. about what Off and weiss are doing to game of thrones yeah, and, and how we disagree with it
2: i enjoy i'm still enjoying the season very much i liked the episode i'm i'm looking forward to seeing what they what they bring us also i'm just gonna say this you might not like this but um Star Wars movies not as complicated as Game of Thrones. I don't think they need to be as sophisticated to write a good Star Wars movie. Ooh.
3: Why are you, why are you the worst? Who agrees me? Why are you the worst? It's not that Star Wars movies are less complicated than Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. It's that Star Wars movies are complicated in a different way than Game of Thrones is complicated.
2: I mean, they trade more on... Okay, I'll, I'll try to say this in a way that's not horribly offensive. Um... <laughs> I think Star Wars movies, compared to Game of of Thrones, trade more on, a little more on things like uh, iconography, a little more on, I don't want to say spectacle, because that's diminutive, but iconography and um, myth, and uh, just kind of classic hero's journey type stories Mm -hmm. that are, by their nature, a little less naughty than what we get in Game of Thrones, which is... You know, what is the nature of power and separating expectations with all those different kinds of characters all interlocking across these giant masses of stories? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that actually might be a better fit for people who maybe uh, have been accused of um, preferring spectacle to nuance and such things as that. Not that there isn't nuance in Star Wars, but I do think. You know, it, it, it's it's a lot of the Star Wars fandom is about the um, they make their own nuance and there's books and stuff like that. But I, I've seen all the movies and they're and a lot of them are, uh, you know, driven by the big push of um, beautiful ideas rather than kind of the nitty gritty tiny details.
3: I mean, Game of Thrones is driven by big ideas too, like we have just discussed, and yes. and yet we are arguing about execution as season eight airs. Mm-hmm. And so now I am concerned that star Wars will get ruined by this execution problem like solo, which was oh God. I um, not see it. it was bad. It's bad. It's just aggressively mediocre. Okay. Um, but yeah, like I, I just don't want Ryan Johnson or David Betty off and Dan Weiss to make star Wars movies. I'm tired of the same kind of, White dude director getting sure. I'll, make,
2: I, I I take that point.
3: Yeah, getting to make a Star Wars. Just let somebody else make a Star Wars, guys. Star Wars is for everyone. That's what they said at Star Wars Celebration.
2: It does. Put your money like where
3: your mouth is.
2: A little like like the obvious choice, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I, if if you want to ask me, honest to God, I say, why not take another like fifteen twenty year break? Because Disney. I mean, I know why. I mean, don't get me wrong. The reason's money. but The reason is money. I think that would be... That's what I think would be best for the actual content, personally. Yeah.
3: Uh, honestly, like, I am more excited for things like The Mandalorian and Episode Nine than I am for the 2020 sure. X movies. Um, but I just, want, I just want to have good Star Wars, guys. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm i'll I'll live with it. I'll probably still go see them in the theater, assuming we sold the planet by then. So
2: <laughs> by the way, before we get to our our, our final little note, uh, there's a com- a discussion going in the comments right now about whether Sansa was right to leak the information. um personally, yeah, I saw it. Yeah. I was on board with that. yes. Um yeah. I mean, i I blame John Moore for telling them in the first place. <laughs> John Snow is an idiot. <laughs> in, he Daenerys warned him, I thought very convincingly that this will tear people apart. It's doing that with Varys and Tyrion and Danny. Um, Ned Star kept the secret for a long time. I think he should have kept it to himself. I mean, Sansa, yes, she did promise, and then she broke it. <sighs> but I, I don't know. I have a hard time seeing how that ever could have gone another way. Of course she did. It's really not in her interest to keep the secret. That's right.
3: Sansa's not playing just for Sansa. Sansa's playing for the North, and if she can sow division between John and John and Danny, and Tyrion by extension, using Tyrion as basically her cat's paw in this whole maneuver, cat's making paw. making wow. him doubt himself and spread that worry to bears, <laughs> Sansa wins.
0: I mean, I
2: thought Tyrion had a point that. Um... Maybe just get on board of Danny already. That if you do, you know, you, you'll be the power in the north. Jon will be down in King's Landing. Like, it, 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 it'll be okay. Um, but we know that the Stark girls just do not trust them. And, I, know, and I, I, I understand that, too. After all they've been through, it makes sense. That's right. But why can't we all just come together, Cheryl, and join hands and skip around a field?
3: This is Game of Thrones. Fair if you join hands, you die.
2: <laughs> if you don't join hands, you die. If you walk, you die. If you skip, you die. If you take a swim, you die.
3: Field okay. of Flowers, instant death.
2: And finally, before we sign off, so I'll start really, really quick. Uh, R.I.P. Peter Mayhew, who played yes. Chewbacca in, I believe, mm-hmm. the originals, Revenge of the Sith, and a little bit in The Force Awakens. Yes. There he is. He died at the age of 70-something. 74. 74.
3: Yeah, So too bad. R.I.P. Chewbacca. Yep. There have been a lot of beautiful tributes to him uh, from Harrison Ford, George Lucas. So, yeah. And that's oh, our show. Chewy. Oh.
2: Thanks for watching, everybody. We'll mm-hmm. be back on Sunday um, with an immediate reaction to the latest Game of Thrones episode right after it airs, right here on the Facebook page. Mm-hmm. On Wednesday, for a preview of the series finale. <gasps> and we're breaking down a little more of the hot button issues on the Wick Club over on our Patreon page. Feel free to check that out if you have a mind. With that. We will see you in a few days. Thanks, everybody.
0: This is the story of the wad. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping.